Hello, welcome to the Show Oshibeson podcast. Show Oshibeson is the lead pastor, Grace Made Christian Center, where we raise change agents. We do hope you'll be refreshed by God's word today. Happy listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that warm welcome. Thank you, media. Thank you, church. Glory to God. Aren't you guys happy you are under exceptional leadership in this house? Come on, I want you to let Pastor Sheon and Pastor Sheon or Shigbeson both know that you appreciate them, you love them, you celebrate them. You are honored, you are privileged to be under their leadership. Hallelujah. Thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. Sure, love you guys very, very much. And I'm sure you know it from the very bottom of my heart. It's a wonderful thing to have a son and a daughter like your pastors. When they were in Global Harvest Church, they served with their hearts. They served selflessly. They served honestly, served sincerely, and did so with integrity. Pastor Sheon was administrator at the headquarters church in Ibada and the Lagos church. It's an office of trust. It is a place where uh, those who are thieves can steal. Never for one day was there a sleepless night, a reason for suspicion, a reason for wondering how anything went. No audits. Call to question his integrity for one day. Because you have a pastor who is honest, sincere, and a good Christian. Come on. Go ahead and give God the glory for your man of God. Thank you for being a man of character. Thank you. It is one thing to preach and another thing to live what you preach. So anything he preaches, I want you to know he lives it out. Glory to God. Or I'm so excited to be here this morning and the God is certainly here. I came with some powerful men from our protocol team. Come and celebrate Brother Henry, Brother Collins, Brother Shola and uh, Brother Dakwa there. Celebrate them with a big hand clap. Glory to God. These are powerful men in industries and business and they serve and support me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What an anointing in this house this morning. Take your seats, please. Let me teach God's word and uh, I'll pray for you guys at the end of the teaching. But I must not start preaching without bringing you the greeting I was sent to bring you from, uh, uh, from Mama. She said, make sure you greet Grace Mead for me. Praise <laughs> God. Your pastor holds a very, very special place in her heart. She loves him very much and misses him every day. So I must declare that here today. And um, she has already fought a battle with him that, she, that he has not brought her to this church. So she will soon be here by the grace of God. He said, she told us, I'm just watching you. You are bringing various people. You've not brought me to grace made. <laughs> Trust me. If she does not love you, she won't even bother. <laughs> she will not even say one word. She, we care less. Because if you know Mama, you know she speaks her heart, she speaks her mind very directly. So she really, really loves your pastor. Praise God. All right, are you ready for the word this morning? Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. The book of Luke. And the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. We want to see the overflow. Our God is a God of overflow. So let's see an overflow story here from verse 1. We'll read down to 8. So it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets then he got into one of the boats which was simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat 
when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Singular. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and get ready for an astonishing miracle. Come and tell somebody else, get ready for an astonishing miracle. Okay, I think you are just saying it. Okay, help me preach it to somebody. Tell that person, say, get ready for an astonishing miracle. What God is about to do in your life will surprise people, friends, enemies, frenemies, and even yourself. Now shout the loudest, Amen. Glory to God. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Glory to God. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ today for the miracle of overflow. Let there be overflow in all dimensions of our lives. As we look into this story, open our eyes to see wondrous things out of your word. Enlighten our darkness, impart wisdom to us that is applicable to each and every one of our lives. To you be the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, and somebody says, Amen. I want you to know that overflow is the will of God for you. Our God wants you blessed to the overflow. In Psalm 23, verses 4 to 5, the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He now went on to say, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. In other words, God anoints me to the overflow. Every time God blesses, God wants to bless you. Not just that your needs be met, but that there is an overflowing. There is an overflowing dimension that is the will of God for your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8, after giving to the Lord, Paul said, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you always, having all the sufficiency in all good things, may abound unto every good work. Always. Somebody say always. Come and say, I am always abounding. Say it again. Hallelujah. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always having all sufficiency in all good things may abound unto every good work. God wants you always in overflow. God does not want you to live your life broke. Broke is not the will of God. Broke is not the plan of God. Broke is not the making of God. What God wants you to do is to move from broke to blessing. And I see you moving from broke to blessing. When the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt, they were punished. When they were in the land of Egypt, they were deprived. They were laboring. They were not given commensurate pay because they were slaves. 
Slaves don't own anything. The master owns the slave and owns everything the slave owns. And so they were cheated. They did not have enough. In the night, they were going to leave Israel. I mean, they were going to leave Egypt. Psalm 105 verse 37 says, He brought, led them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. According to the account of Exodus 13, by God's instruction, they demanded from their Egyptian neighbors gold, silver, clothes, and the Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians. God gave them favor before the Egyptians and they ended up spoiling the Egyptians. Literally what happened was this. In one night, a nation was born and God transferred the economy of the existing nation into the new nation. They left Egypt with abundance. I see abundance in your life. I say I see abundance in your life. God will give you abundance of anointing, abundance of money, abundance of joy, abundance of favor, abundance of every blessing. Let me hear a bigger amen. John chapter 10 verses 9 to 10. Jesus said the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to have life supremely. God wants you to have his goodness, his kindness in an overflowing measure. And when we talk about overflow, it is not only financial. God wants overflow for you on all levels. Glory to God. It will come spiritually. It will come financially. It will come in joy. It will come in peace. It will come in all dimensions. Let me hear you believe in amen. God is not a God of half measures. That's why in Luke 6 verse 38, Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Just one word though, give. And then it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Run it over. Shall men give into your bosom. <laughs> just one thing. I'm just doing one thing. Five Things have been done to me in response. I give, it is given to me. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Run it over. Glory to God. I see that good measure. Press down. Shake it together. Running over blessing in your life. In the name of Jesus. We come to this story. And we find this man by the name Peter. Simon at this particular time who was a an expert fisherman he was a prosperous highly experienced fisherman who had been fishing for a long time he and his associates had toiled all the night and caught nothing the picture of toil especially toil without result is not of God it was when God cursed Man, as a result of the fall, I mean, the curse of the fall in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, that God said man was going to eat from the ground in the toil and, and, and sweat of his brow. A man will begin to toil in order to eat. God's original plan was that work was something that should be an expression of man's gift, his potentials, his unique leadership. It was something man was supposed to do with pleasure. It was something man was supposed to do like fish in water. Yes, effort is being made to swim, but it is a pleasant swim. It is a graceful adventure that is not that does not cause him to be weary. That's why in Isaiah 40 verse 31, the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. They are putting in effort, but they are not weary. They are putting in effort, they are not fainting. That's why I don't understand retirement. I don't understand it personally. I'm like, this gospel I preach, the pleasure I get out of it, <laughs> every time I preach, I get pleasure out of preaching. 
even if I am weak and I don't feel like preaching, by the time I start preaching, I will be energized supernaturally. It's refreshing every time I do it. So how will I stop doing it? I will do it till my last breath. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I was, in, I was in the United States at the Maurice Cerullo School of Ministry. You know, he went home to be with the Lord about two years ago. But like a year before he went home to be with the Lord, I mean, he had come to Nigeria and um, by the privilege of, of some friend, a friend, I was able to meet him. My wife and I were able to meet him at Sheraton Hotel here in Lagos and invited us that we should attend his next school of ministry in Chicago. So my wife and I went to attend that school of ministry. And he was saying during that school of ministry, he said, he said, I asked the Lord about retirement. The Lord said, prophets don't retire. And that was what he said at the age of 87. Prophets don't retire. He said, so I will preach the gospel till the last. And he continued traveling, preaching the gospel till his last breath. When he said, prophets don't retire, I said, yes, yes. I don't understand retirement. Glory to God. It is what you do that worries you that you retire from. <laughs> not when you are in the center of the will of God for your life. You will not be weary. You will be renewed. You will be enjoying your life. And yet you will be getting blessed. Let me hear somebody say hallelujah. Here Peter had piled all the night. Now, you need to understand the reason why he chose the night. The best time to catch fishes is in the night. In the day, you can catch some fish. But expert, mature fishes, they don't play around nets. When the sun is shining above, the fishes are able to see the nets. In the middle of the night, the fishermen go, rowing their boats quietly. They get to specific spots and they lay still for a very long time. They know Number one, the fish cannot see their nets. Number two, can't see their boats. Number three, because of experience, the mature fishes know the fishermen come around during the day. They hide in the clefts of the rock and in the crevices of the bed of the river and the ocean. They come up to the surface at night time. Then the expert fishermen let down their nets and catch fishes. But Peter and John and James, Peter and his associates, they all had done all of that. This time around, they toiled all the night and did not even catch one fish. What a picture of failure. What a picture of the enemy trying to hinder a person. I want you to know that God is not a God of emptiness. God is not a God of barrenness. Right from the very beginning, the first thing he did to man when he created him was that he blessed him. In Genesis 1.28, saying, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. God is a God of productivity. Where there is nothing, once God shows up, you will see abundance there. I like Isaiah 32, verse, verse, verse 11. Can you put Isaiah 32? 11 for me. I want to read it down to, to 15. Tremble you women who are at ease. It was it, at this time Israel had forsaken God and God was going to trouble Israel for a season. Uh, and so he said, tremble you women who are at ease. Be troubled. You complacent ones. Strip yourselves. Make yourselves bare and gird sackcloth on your waists. Let's keep reading. We are going to verse 15. People shall mourn upon their breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vines. They are going to mourn because this is going to disappear. The pleasant fields and, and the fruitful vines will disappear. Look at verse 13. On the land of my people, God was saying, look, on the land of my people will come up thorns and briars. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyful, joyous city. Jerusalem is normally a joyous city. But unfortunately, thorns and briars are going to come. Because the people are going to be carried away as slaves. They'll be carried away and deported to Babylon. The cities will be deserted. And the cities will look cursed and empty. Because the palaces will be forsaken. The bustling city will be deserted. The forts and the towers will become lairs forever. 
a joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks. Donkeys, flocks are taking over the places where human beings were, even the king's palace. What a terrible state. What a terrible picture of a curse. But look at verse 15. Until, somebody say until. The negative situation will exist until, until the spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is counted for a forest. Shout the loudest hallelujah. There can only be a curse until. There can only be emptiness in the bank account until. There can only be lack of profit in the business until. Debt can only reign until. Insufficiency can only exist until. Toiling and laboring and catching nothing can only be in your life until. <laughs> Somebody say until. Until the spirit be poured upon us from on high. Once the spirit is poured upon us, the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. I see every unproductive area of your life becoming productive. I see every unfruitful area of your life becoming fruitful. I see your emptiness becoming filled. I see your little becoming much. It says until the spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and then the fruitful field is counted as a forest. So let your little become much. Let your 30-fold become 60-fold. Let your 60-fold become a 100-fold. Let the God of a thousand times more blessing bless you abundantly in the name of Jesus Christ. Whoever thinks you are blessed is joking. Whoever thinks you are blessed is playing. Whoever thinks you are blessed have not seen anything yet. Come and turn to your neighbor and say, you haven't seen anything yet. I hope you are not envious of me where I am. I hope you are not jealous of what God has given me. I hope you are not eyeing the car that I brought because you haven't seen anything. The best is yet to come. I am on my way to a better place. I am on my way to a richer place. I am on my way to a healthier place. I am on my way to the overflow. Somebody shout the loudest hallelujah. What a picture of failure here. Take your seats, please. Tall in the night caught nothing. Toil all the night, caught nothing. Satan sure likes this kind of catching nothing situation. <laughs> but everything is about to change. And when we've caught nothing, the challenge is the chaos of this world. We become worried. But there is one key to your miracle. Luke chapter 5 verse 5. And it says, nevertheless, <laughs> at thy word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at thy word. The word is the controlling factor in every situation and in every circumstance. No matter whatever happens to you in life, never forget that if you can have the word of God concerning that situation, it will change. I mean it. If you only can have what God has to say about that situation, it will change. No matter how impossible it looks. David Youngicho has gone home to be with the Lord right now. He was used to build the largest church ever built in human history. The once more than 800,000 member Yoido Central Full Gospel Church of uh, 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 the Full Gospel Central Church of Yoido, Korea. Yoido Island in Korea. That church is still there today. Still the largest church in the world. They broke it into three at the time it was retiring. And the largest one was 360,000 members. And it has continued to grow again. <laughs> David Yongicho. One time took the gospel to Japan to go and preach in Japan. Said he was in his hotel room. When suddenly the devil appeared in his hotel room and said, what are you doing here? said, I came here to preach the gospel. He said, I'm here to kill you. And then I will see how you will preach the gospel. <laughs> he said he was very scared as the devil appeared to him. He said he began to speak in tongues. You know there are tongues of fire and there are tongues of fear. 
That's a tongue of fear. As he began to speak in tongues, he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that is not how to overcome the devil. Speak the word. And he opened his mouth and began to speak the word of God. It is written in the word of God, whatsoever I shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever I shall lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. It is written in the word of God. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. It is written, it is written. As he was quoting scriptures. I mean, when he was speaking in tongues, the devil laughed. <laughs> he said, he sat on the bed like this. Laughed and said, when you are done speaking in tongues, tell me, then I'll kill you. And he stood there unaffected. That was when the Holy Spirit said, speak the word. When he began to speak the word and speak the word, the devil laughed again. <laughs> when you are done, tell me, and I will kill you. Sitting down there, seemingly unaffected. Then the, the young teacher said, I became more afraid. But the Holy Spirit told him and said, he is a liar. Keep speaking the word. So he said, I continue speaking the word. I continue speaking the word. Suddenly so he said, I will see you some other time and he ran away. He ran away. Your devil can be pushing as if he's not affected. When you first start speaking the word, you may not see any change immediately, but the devil is a liar. Listen, the Bible tells us how the entire world was created. In Genesis chapter 1 from verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And again, over and over again, and God said, and God said, and God said, in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And eventually, he saw what he said. The word of God is the controlling factor in every situation. Once you get a word from God, <laughs> and you declare it and act upon it, your abundance is on the way. There is no devil anywhere that can stop it. Because when you look at natural things, you submit them to research, you are able to tell the raw material from which they are made. Isn't that so? But the truth is that in the realm of the spirit, the material from, how, from which the entire universe came into being, both the natural things and the invisible things, the spiritual things, they all came out of the word of God. That's why there is nothing that does not respond to the word. In the place Jeremiah said, ask or ask, Hear ye the word of the Lord. The earth must hear the word of the Lord because the earth was created by the word of the Lord. If the earth will hear the word of the Lord, then there is nothing that won't hear the word of the Lord. Are you listening to me, somebody? That's how powerful the word of the Lord is. Words are so powerful that according to James chapter 3, they determine the course of nature. They determine the direction of your life. And they influence the atmosphere around you. You know every human being has an atmosphere. Ask the people around you. Every time you see me, how do you feel? Every time you see me, what do you think? Oh yeah? Ask them. So that you will know the kind of atmosphere you are emitting. And I can guarantee you there are two things that create it in your life. The thoughts you think in your mind, the words you speak out of your mouth. They create the atmosphere around you. Everybody's atmosphere is either attracting or repelling good or evil. Everybody's atmosphere. You are either magnetizing good things or repelling good things. Some of us, our atmosphere repels people. People don't want to hang around you. People don't want to be your friend. Unfortunately, you feel so justified that you're always saying, people, people have issues, people, people are terrible, people. You have to be careful with people. That's how you think, that's how you talk, and people will continue to move away from you. And whenever you encounter people, people will always do negative things to you. Because you think negatively about them, and you talk negatively about them. Yeah? I'm not negative about people. I'm positive about people. And that's why people get, they gravitate towards me. People don't run away from me. They, 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 they get attracted to me. I'm always looking out for the positive in everybody that I see. If you choose to live your life like that, you will see how it affects you positively. It's the same thing. When you look at money, how do you see money? You see money as a terrible thing or you see it as a positive thing? If your thoughts towards money are negative, money will be repelled away from you and it shows in your action, the way you treat money. When money comes into your hand, you don't honor it at all. 
you don't respect it. That's why you don't plan it, you don't budget it, you don't spend it wisely, you don't invest it in the right places, you don't honor God with it. It will be moving away from you. Whatever you respect, you attract. According to Dr. Mike Murdoch, anything you respect, you respect human beings, you attract them. You respect money, you attract it. You, you disrespect people, they stay away from you. You disrespect money, money stays away from you. You honor God, God is near. He's everywhere, but draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. According to James chapter 4 verse 8, he's all about your attitude towards him. You fellowship with him, you talk to him, his presence is attracted, you neglect him, you don't care about him, you misbehave, you sin anyhow, with no reverence, with no recognition, no, no fear of him, and you will see his presence, not in manifestation in your life, because he's, he, his manifestation stays away, his manifest presence is repelled from you. Very crucial. The word of God is the controlling factor. When you get the word, you've got everything. Toil all the night, cut nothing. But the Lord Jesus Christ said, let down your net into the deep. In other words, let it go down, down. You are about to catch an overflow. But look at Peter's struggle with the word of the Lord. <laughs> look at Peter's struggle. He said, at thy word, I will let down the net. Notice Jesus said, let down the nets. But he said, see verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net." Physical, singular. One good thing was, he was going to obey the word of the Lord. However, it was going to be partial obedience. His mentality was a shortage mentality. He did not have an overflow mentality. Look at your neighbor and say, what kind of mentality do you have? Well, my wife and I were coming to church this morning. As we were coming to church, I remember the story of how, I mean, we, we began to remember the stories of how God has blessed us with vehicles. So the first one, you know, that I remember that I was talking about was how we bought our first new car. My mind was far away from new cars. We were used to Tokumbo, buying very neat ones. <laughs> this, is, this is your very neat that you are celebrating. When you say it in the ears of an American, they will laugh at you. What is neat about second hand? Are you following me, somebody? But very neat. A new one was far, far, far beyond my mentality. Now, a friend of mine had laughed at me once. I remember coming to Lagos, and I saw this old uh, model Mercedes-Benz, and I told that my friend that that's the car I'm believing God for right now. And I was inside this own brand new Mercedes-Benz SUV, and he laughed. He said, oh, Victor, I'm very sorry to say you have a poverty mentality. You have an idea of which friend of mine will like, that will likely have been. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to say, you, you, you have a poverty mentality. <laughs> I, I said, thank you for my poverty mentality. You to come a pastor in Nevada and you will see what it is like. <laughs> but I was just limited in my thinking. So, oh yes, I saw a Toyota Avalon. So I was telling my wife, I said, I was tempted to buy this Toyota Avalon. I wanted to buy a second-hand Mercedes-Benz car at an auction in the U.S. then. And uh, the prices were higher than the money I had, than my budget. So I finally returned to Nigeria and said, no, instead of that, I will go to Cotonou and go and buy the second-hand Mercedes-Benz I wanted to buy. I won't buy Avalon. So, so I was just telling Mama this morning, I will have used Avalon. We will have used Avalon in our family, you know. But I just said, no, it's that Benz I'm going to buy. And then... So I was going to go to Cotonou on a Monday at fixed appointment with the person who carried me there. And now here, <clears throat> we came to Lagos to visit some friends of ours who just delivered a baby. And uh, I, I, was, I now mentioned to my friend how I was going to buy that second hand Benz on Monday in Cotonou. He had just bought a brand new, um, uh, brand new Honda Accord 
you know, a businessman in this city. Uh, he now said to me, Reverend Victor, please, don't buy, don't buy. Why do, why do you want to go and buy a second-hand car? I said, ah. <laughs> so you think I'm a businessman like you? Please, that is what I can afford. He said, no, he said, the same money you will use to buy that second-hand belt, you can use it to buy Kia. I said, ah, Kia. He said, even if it's a brand-new Kia, a brand-new car is better than an old model. He said, it will give you peace for five years. You don't have to bother mechanic. All you need to do is oil change. Change your tires when it's time to change your tires. You, you, you'll be at peace. You, you travel a whole lot. Your mind will be at rest and all will be well. Or at least give my sister the car. Eh? So women don't, we can't afford our wives for their cars to be breaking down the road. Ah. So, after he spoke, and he was so vehement about it. Ah. So, I called them. My older brother, and to get his, his own opinion about it, he said, of course. And he had gotten a brand new official car at the time. <laughs> so I called a friend, and my friend had talked about poverty mentality. He laughed at me again on the phone. Said, I told you that you have a poverty mentality. A new car is better any day, any time. <laughs> okay. So we went to one car dealership at Bagada Express. We went there. I just remember that ah, there's this Sonata I saw that looked nice some time ago. So I went there and I saw the car. They said they had only one left, that there is a new model. And they took me to see the new model. Now, again, the money I had was not enough to buy the new model. I said, and I want to ride a new car next week. Then I remembered. How that some years before, the old model car that we were using, that it was my brother that prompted me, let's go to a car dealership. In this same Lagos, Ikejan, we went there. And we went there and the cheapest car, they said, was 1.5 million. All the money I had in Nigeria and abroad was only half, half a million naira worth, worth of money. <laughs> so when we were there, that day, I just laughed. I said, well, this place is not for me, please. Let me go to Carlot. Let us go to our papa. So I can back. And my brother said, wait. Don't just conclude like that. He said, just believe God. I said, well, it is well. I decided to keep quiet. He said, okay. We'll give you half a million out of the money. Then my faith revived. If half a million is gone, ah, the God that is using this egg to do half a million naira, he will use somebody else to do the rest too. Then I realized that, ah, okay, I also have one million. So I said, I took a raise half a million between Nigeria and abroad. So we went to tell the car dealer. He said, one million is what we have. He said, bring it. You can drive the car out once you give it the one million naira. He said, you can pay the remaining half a million, 100,000 month by month for five months. And the impossible suddenly became possible. Most of the time, our mentality will not even allow God to bless us. We have counted ourselves out of some blessings. Counted ourselves out of some miracles. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you deserve to be blessed. Help me tell somebody else, you deserve the overflow. God will do in your life exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think in the name of jesus i now remember this morning as mama and i were talking on the way to church and i said you remember how that the half a million naira that were to pay over five months god provided it in one month yeah by a string of miracles because let me tell you what happened 13 days i mean 12 days after that car, after I drove that car to, 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 to Ibadan from Lagos, we were living in Ibadan at the time. Twelve days after, a friend called me from Abuja and said, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Where have you been? Anyway, um, I, I knew your birthday present took place recently. I have a birthday present for you. And I want to send it to you tomorrow. Give me the address of your, of your house, of your, of your office. So I gave him my office address. He said... I'll be sending your birthday present to you tomorrow. I said, thank you very much. As soon as I dropped the phone in my office that day, the, uh, no, in my house, the Lord spoke to me that evening. He is sending his E-class Mercedes-Benz car to you. Son, it's my time to favor you because of your faithfulness to me. And I've been without a car for a long time. The, the, the last car we had, the last two cars we had, my wife and I had sold them. We've given them to the, to the, to the church, to the work of God in the church. And the Lord said, it's time to favor you. <laughs> and the, the, this other car we got from Lagos was Nissan Ultima American Spec. You know, so we had that in front of the house. In fact, uh, you, you, you know, the car had just arrived. We had just moved it down. That 12 days, you know, after. So it was 
it was it was there and then now the lord spoke and said no we had brought it in and then 12 days after this was happening don't let me mix up the story i got the phone call and the lord told me that that car e-class messages best was going to be sent to me so the following day i was in my office all day and when i was going to the office the holy spirit reminded me said it is that e-class that e-class will be sent to you today i was in the office all day well in the evening i was about to leave the office i didn't see any e-class i said well father maybe it was not you who spoke to me yesterday and this morning after all when i got home i just arrived home i was uh, changing when the lord spoke to me and said son look through the window i just opened my window like this and i saw an e-class mercedes benz parked downstairs and the lord spoke to me and said that is the car they are looking for you a few seconds later one of my children came handed me an envelope it was a letter from that friend of mine who told me how the lord instructed him to give me the car so i went downstairs saw the car thanked those who came and that evening i mean my spiritual children were always coming to my house every day in those days in the valley they came around and my wife said let us give thanks so we all surrounded the car the e-class now holding our hands to give thanks when the phone you remember landline phone landline phone began to ring in the sitting room the lord said go and pick the call so i disengaged from my wife and the other person holding my hand i went and picked the phone call and it was my friend who said i had poverty mentality you know who was calling on the phone and he said we are in a meeting right now the pastor's meeting and the lord spoke to us that we should invite you to come speak in our church tomorrow reverend victor god said you should come we have the building project going on the lord says he wants to use you to raise funds for that project and that we should also sow a seed on behalf of that project into your life i'm telling you gospel truth when i woke up that morning when i was praying like this i saw myself in that church midweek service i always preached in their big program or a special sunday service i'm like midweek service i had promised our church last wednesday that i'll be with them or no, i promised them on sunday i'll be with them wednesday so what am i doing in the midweek service it didn't make sense to me i just dismissed the picture in my spirit and now he is talking to me i told him i said oh, you, have come, you should know that i wouldn't have come you are giving me 24 hour notice to come preach for you but i believe truly this is of the lord this morning while i was praying i saw myself in your midweek service and i didn't understand it he said this is what it's about he said we are fasting and praying and we are meeting and we just prayed and the lord said we should ask you to come tomorrow so i went there tomorrow and i preached for the church they gave me a check of two fifty thousand naira at the end of the preach in front of the whole church the pastor gave it to me and said this was what the lord said we should do and he handed me that check and guess what i mean this was 2003. i was owing how much to balance car 500,000 naira, 50% of it just went like that. Wham! The following day, while I was on my way to Lagos to preach, somebody called me from Portacot asking that I should come and preach for him over a particular weekend. Just like a couple of weeks later, I accepted the invitation. I said, Sorry, I won't be able to take all the meetings. I have to be back in church, but my wife can take the rest. Is that okay with you? He said, Yes. Check 170,000 naira. In those days, they didn't used to give those kind of honoraria. The money was really smaller than all of that. But it was a God of miracles. In one month, we paid what we ought to pay in five months. Give God the glory if that sounds to you like God. Miracles! When I was challenged to buy a new car, the same thing happened. When I was challenged to buy a new car, I decided I'm buying that car on Monday and it's going to be a brand new car because of time don't let me go into the details just like the first one happened from two sources miracles happened over the weekend and all the money came and I was able to drive a brand new car home to Ibadan thereafter <laughs> or need I tell you a couple of years ago when I was I asked for the first time I asked for an official car from our ministry and they told me we are sorry we don't have official cars for you. We're all the, all the, we've checked the accounts and the budget. The budget has no room for it. The only thing is we can give you a car allowance of 2.8 million. I said, to do what? They said, that's all we have. You know, we know you are entitled to it, but sir, we just don't have the money because I don't control uh, the money in our ministry. They fix my salary. They fix my allowances. And they determine what they have. 
and, I w- and they told me that they didn't have money for me to, to buy. I said, I'm asking you guys for SUV for the first time in my life. I've always believed God for my cars, but I'm entitled officially to an official car. Give me one for the first time. They said they didn't have money. I said, you guys don't worry. I was angry that day. That I'm asking, you should go and look for it or raise it or something because I've never asked you for it. I said, but don't worry. My God has always done me miracles and he will do me miracles. Few days later, after service, a couple just came to meet me and they said, We see that you need another car. We have this um, Acura MDX that we bought in the United States. Uh, we are going to ship it home shortly. We just feel led to give it to you. The only thing is that you'll have to clear it yourself. I said, How much will it cost? 2.8 million naira. Exactly. God is a God of miracles. There was a particular year, you will remember, Pastor Shew, when I also needed a car some years ago because I'm always showing cars or one thing or the other. So I needed a car. I was going to drive. Somebody gave me one Toyota Corolla blue like this then. I wanted to drive it from the Magodo office. Pastor Daddy came to meet me. He had this Venza then. And he was feeling uncomfortable that I was driving Toyota Corolla. Pastor Daddy came to meet me and said, Dad, I don't like seeing you inside this car. I said, <laughs> he said, allow us. We have the resources. Even if we need to do financing, get you a brand new SUV. I said, son, the church needs the money more than I do. Don't worry. God will do it. I'm enjoying the car. I'm, it's maneuvering through Lagos traffic easily. He did not smile. He, did, he couldn't catch my joke with me. He refused to laugh with me. So as I was driving back home, I said, Father, it will cost you nothing to give me a Toyota Prado. What will it cost you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. As I told the Lord like this, the Lord said to me, and I will do it. The following week, somebody just called me on the phone like this, one of my mentees. I said, sir, I just want to find out if you're at home. I was buying tiles because my wife and I were building a house in the garden. So we're buying tiles. Construct is the name of the company, somewhere in the papa. I said, I, uh, I'm not at home. I'm sorry. I'm somewhere buying tiles right now. He said, sir, I'm on my way to your house. And it's because of you that I'm coming to Lagos. I must see you today. Ah, I said, okay, don't worry. I'll be on my way home shortly. So very quickly, Pastor Daddy and I, we rounded up. Pastor Daddy was with me. So we rounded up quickly. We headed home. We were home. I was waiting for the man. Suddenly, here he comes. Another pastor. Actually, another man of God. Suddenly he came to my house and we sat down, we fellowship. While we're fellowshiping together, I said, sir, thank you for all that you mean to me. Because the Lord has led me to bless you. He stood up, knelt down and put a car key in my hand. I said, what? He said, the car is yours. If you saw the big car that he brought to my house that day, Infinity QX 56. And he had just bought it like 10 months before, something like that. Brand new. And he brought this massive vehicle exceedingly, abundantly, above Prado. And he gave it to me. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me stop boring you with my testimonies. But why will God do so? Nevertheless, I have learned to live my life by the word of God. When God speaks, it turns impossible situations around. It unlocks the overflow. Get a word from God and your life will never remain the same. When COVID came, I was one of the first people that had COVID in Nigeria. I guess I passed through UK from Canada unprotected and the symptoms came upon my body. So breathing was difficult. Sore throat came. All manners of symptoms on my body. <laughs> I said, Lord, I'm ready to meet you. That's not a problem. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, seeing you face to face. Dropping this body that is subjected to temptation and stress and badness and all that. <laughs> will be a joy. Moreover, the children are almost done through school. Jumake can handle the rest of their education. I'm not afraid. The family will be fine. And we have succession planning in Global Harvest Church. Global Harvest will be fine. But Lord, you have more work for me to do and I know. So, what should we do? 
God said to me, son, take your own medicine. That was the word he gave me. I said, my medicine? He said, yes, the medicine you prescribed for other people. And I knew what he meant. Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health or medicine to all their flesh. I don't know what the doctors told you. About your medical condition. You don't have to take it. It's not time to die. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not time to die. It's not time to die and you don't have to settle for pain. You don't have to settle for disease. You don't have to settle for disability. It's not time. Morning, afternoon and night, I began to listen to ministers of the gospel. Kenneth Hagin Healing School on YouTube. Andrew Womack Healing School. Gloria Copeland Healing School. I was listening to the word. As I was listening to the word, the word was getting me excited. I began to laugh. When I first started laughing, I would cough. <laughs> what am I laughing at? Satan, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the living God. I will dance all by myself inside my study. Glory to God, because the word of God is true. There was temperature in the body, sore throat in the throat, pain in the body, fever chills all over me. But the word was more real to me than my symptoms. And whether the symptoms liked it or not, they all disappeared. There was no cure for COVID at the time. You turn on television, you see dying people all over the place. But it was not time to die. Because I have the word. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When Peter let down the net, the net began to break. God was like, I had more in store for you than what you brought. This container cannot contain the blessings. This container cannot contain the blessings. This mentality is a limited mentality. Listen, we are not in this hall for comfort. We are in this hall for the harvest. The previous hall at Oba could not contain us anymore. Not in two services. So we didn't move into this bigger place that it might contain us, that we might be more comfortable with filling it halfway. No! We came in here for the overflow. The city of Ibadan, there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. People who don't know their left from their right. There are young people on drugs. There are young people destroying their lives. There are young ladies who are selling their bodies in order to get money to go to school. There are lives that are going astray. Some young people are making the decision today to start smoking shisha. It's going to ruin their lives. There are those who are just making their decision today to start taking drugs and they will die before their time. Come on, grace made. We cannot rest on our oars. We cannot sit within the four walls of grace made and just be playing church and enjoy JFK, JFK event center every Sunday. We must go out and win them to the lost. We must bring them into church every Sunday morning to come and hear the word. Of God, if you agree with me, shout yes. The God of the overflow who brought overflow in the previous hall, He will bring it here again. Oh, I thought I would hear it. Believe in Amen. Is this hall too big for Him to fill? I said, Is this hall too big for Him to fill? It's not too big for him to feel. Nevertheless, at your word. And let me say something. When the miracle happened like this, they were shocked. What shocked Peter the most was not that God could do a miracle. 
it was like God will bless somebody who is not perfect. Peter was conscious of his own sins. Nobody could abuse people like him. Nobody could curse people like him. There's nobody that had challenges keeping promises like Peter. There's nobody who lacks integrity like Peter. He never keeps time. I will be there at 8 o'clock. He will show up at 9. Peter had an unstable character. Simon, it means a reed shaken by the wind. Unstable personality. Unstable character. And now Jesus did a miracle for him. He went to me and said, go away from me. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve it. Because he did not know the God of grace and mercy. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Perfect people don't look for mercy. In other words, God says, come as you are. Come as you are. In my mercy, I will pardon your transgressions. And in my grace, I will give you miracles you don't deserve. Mercy withholds the judgment we deserve. Grace grants us the goodness we don't deserve. The two of them work together. They are manifestations of God's love. They are two sides of the same coin. Mercy withholds the judgment we deserve. Grace grants the goodness or favor, grants the favor we don't deserve. And yet, he tells we imperfect people, come how? Boldly. Because of the blood of Jesus, we come boldly to obtain mercy. In other words, if the devil has been telling you, you don't deserve the overflow, all this preaching they have been done, it is not for people like you, you who committed abortion last week. No, wait, 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 keep it down, keep it down. You who committed abortion last week, you who, you, you who told a lie to your boss yesterday, are you the one? You, 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 you who lied to your parents, you, you think you are the one who is going to get blessed? Shout, yes! I am the one for whom Jesus died on the cross. When the devil tells you the wrong you have done in the past, tell him, it is for me Jesus died on the cross and he took all my wrongs on the cross. Go away from me. I don't deserve it. He specializes in blessing people who don't deserve it. You are the one he wants to bless with the overflow. If only you will believe his word. But listen to this. Sit down. Let me round up. You need to concentrate in the next five minutes. The word was the key. Hearing the rima, the word of instruction Jesus gave him and acting upon it was the key that unlocked the miracle. But that miracle was sandwiched between two dangerous surrenders. Surrender one. Peter took his boat and surrendered it to Jesus for use. The boat he ought to take and go back to do business. He gave it to Jesus for the ministry. Use it for God's service. People who will hear God's direction have got to learn to walk with God with faith. Taking what they have, surrendering it in faith to the Lord. They take their time. They spend some of it serving the Lord. They come to church. They join the department. They serve the Lord. They do evangelism. Number two, they take their treasures, their finances, their tithes, their offerings. All given in the New Testament is voluntary. But that was the way Abraham tithed voluntarily. So if you believe in the tithe, please, those who don't believe in it, 
Leave those who believe in it alone. They have the freedom to give it in the New Testament just as much as you have the freedom to give whatever you believe in. You should stop all the argument. It's unnecessary. If you used to believe in giving your 10% to God, now you don't believe anymore. Are you so smart if you reduce the 10% to 5%? <laughs> when the Bible says that God is not mocked, whatsoever a man showeth, that shall he also reap. Is it showing lesser? Is it wisdom? You to judge in your mind. Is it wisdom for me to give lesser to God than I used to give before? They've turned everything to giving to church. My son has every right to collect salary and emoluments from this church. But I know at this time he is not doing so. He is putting his finances seriously into this church. And you know it. You know, I love somebody in social media to be talking nonsense. If there are pastors who are stealing, this is not one of them. Okay? This is not one of them. I take my emolument from the ministry. If you call me a thief, that's your cup of tea. I have no guilt. I don't feel guilty for it. Not whatsoever. But he's not even doing so. So if you don't believe in me, believe in him. And support what God is doing in this house. It's the work of God. Every money that goes into this ministry, at the end of the day, is about souls being saved, lives being touched and transformed. And the Lord God knows how many people are even benefiting from the benevolence of this church. Every church does a whole lot of that because we don't make noise. They are busy abusing us on social media. Every church does it. The pastor used to be administrator in our church. He knows we pay school fees. He knows we pay hospital bills. He knows we pay house rent for people. It's part and parcel of, of our church life. He surrendered what he had in the midst of his failure. He took it. He handed it over to Jesus for his use. Hand over your time. Hand over your talents. Hand, hand over your treasury. Take your gifts. Deploy them in the service of God. Then the word of the Lord at the hour of need will come to you. It is either God will quicken a scripture to you that you will use or he will give you a personal instruction. Uh, at every point when I don't know what to do, I'm asking the Holy Spirit questions till he gives me answers. When I act on his word... I get miracle results. Glory to God. I told you two surrenders. So the first one, he surrendered his boats to Jesus. Number two, he got the word of the Lord and acted upon it. After acting upon it, another surrender again. <laughs> this was the greater surrender. Have you read it there in verse 8? Please put verse 8 on the screen for me. Luke chapter 5. Thank you Lord Jesus. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his feet. At Jesus' knees, sorry. Saying, depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Let's read verse 9. For he and all who are with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Let's keep reading. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will do what? We catch men. Verse 11. Verse 11. That's the final one. Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they did what? All the breakthrough, all the blessings that they have been spending their life looking for. They now left everything. And what did they do? They followed him. Come on, somebody say, I will follow. Say it again. Say, I will follow Jesus. Come and say it louder. Say it one more time. Till the end of my life. Listen, if they sat with the blessings, they will enjoy the blessings for a season. If they follow Jesus, they will become miracle workers. Which one is better? I said, which one is better? Follow the Lord. The days are going to come when the secrets of the Lord will be made known to you. The whole universe operates on principles. When God unveils principles to you, your life will be a life of overflow. 
from broke you will move to blessing from little you will move to much from sickness you will move to health from weakness you will move to strength god bless you rise to your feet they followed him he said from now you will catch men catching men is greater than catching fishes impacting people is greater than making money but when God teaches you to impact people to win them to the Lord and be an agent of changing their lives the money will follow you the money is a small thing it's not a difficult thing for God lift your hands and surrender to him today Lord hear our lives we surrender these lives to you. We surrender our time. We surrender our talents. We surrender our treasury to you. Nobody can outgive you. A surrendered life is a blessed life. I had my plans when you apprehended me as a teenager. I look back today with absolutely no regrets. What a privilege. What a privilege to be a blessing to my generation. One of these days I'll be dead and gone. Nobody will remember me for the car that I rode. Or the house I built. Generations after will remember me. For the difference I made in the lives of other people. Thank you for the privilege. And as I walk the portals of glory, you will now reward me for obeying you on the earth. Throughout eternity, when the lights of the earth are faded and gone, and the things that matter to men matter no more, thank you, because I will keep rejoicing throughout eternity. Because the things that matter to you in heaven I allow them to matter to me on the earth. It's a privilege. I surrender this life to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We're glad you're part of our community now and trust you are blessed by today's message. Please subscribe to the Show or Shibetsaw podcast. Like and share as well. You can also find Pastor Show on Instagram at Show or or at Grace Made NG.